On this week's episode, I'm delighted to be joined by Laura Jane Hand, an award-winning intimate relationship expert, helping unhappy women in unhappy relationships know whether to stay or to leave with 100% clarity. Women whose intimate relationship with themselves and their partner is far from good and it's affecting their happiness, their health and their performance at work. Laura Jane, I'm absolutely thrilled to have you on my show, the Purpose Led Leadership Podcast. We actually met at Leah Turner's party recently in Manchester. And since then, a little bit before then, we've been getting on very well. And uh, here we are today. So for those that don't know who are listening, um, say hello and just tell us what you do initially. We'll take it from there. Hey, everyone. I'm Laura Jane Hand and I am a relationship coach. So I help unhappy women in unhappy relationships to literally work out what is really going on. And we go deep, which I think we're going to do today. Yeah. Fantastic. Well, that is a very interesting vocation and profession. I'm looking forward to delving deep uh, into that. Um, So before we do that, let's take the audience back. I asked this question of all my guests Paint us a picture of your journey since school. Any adversity, any dark times, just go with the flow. Okay, are you ready? I'm ready. Drop yourselves in. <laughs> so, you know that time at school when you just, you've just got no idea who you are, what you're doing. And I always refer to myself now as the queen of inadequacy and self-doubt because it just seemed like I just never fitted in. I didn't know who I was, what I was doing. And that pattern kind of carried on for a long, long time. Mm. And I sort of found that I needed attention off people, and I kind of went down a bit of a crazy route, kind of focusing on guys and thought that if I could fit in with all the girls, I'd go out with the most popular guy at school. And that didn't work out very well. Hmm. So there was a lot of kind of pain in that first relationship. If you imagine your first relationship being from like 13 years old, which is at the time you think you're really old and now you look back and think, oh my God, having sex and being close with somebody like that at that age is insane. Hmm. But it wasn't in a healthy way. It wasn't always in a, I wanted to do it way. Sometimes it was in quite a forced way. Can I ask what age you were, briefly? 13. 13, right, okay. So that kind of set my foundations on what men were, how they treated you, how relationships worked, how sex worked, and it just really kind of set the foundations for my kind of self-belief, self-worth, from a very, very young age. And then fast forward a few years, and the darkest times where after a couple of miscarriages so it was like 2015 you know what it's like you plan you plan your life you like right set goals set smart goals yeah it was 2015 there'll be a baby and it will be a girl right even the sex was picked 2016 (sighs) there will be another baby and it will be a boy right Mm -hmm. none of that happened it was just miscarriage after miscarriage pain after pain but this was following years of just being unhappy, being depressed, not knowing who I was, not knowing, feeling like, you know, when you've got more potential and you've got more to give, but you just, you just don't know where to apply it. You don't know where you Yeah. Yeah. And it just got to a point where I remember the night 
and it was really dark and I was driving around Manchester and I was trying to find this bridge. There was a bridge on the M60, right, that apparently a lot of people jump off when things get really dark. And I was thinking, okay, where's the bridge? But I was driving around in the dark and it was really dark and the, the mm. rain was on the windscreen. I couldn't see through the rain through, like, the tears yeah. and the rain. And then I thought, right, I don't know where that is. Right, how else could I do it? So I'm going through all of these questions in my head of mm. how can I not be here anymore? It would be easier for me. It would be easier for everybody else. Mm. But not having anybody to go to, like not knowing who to reach out to, even when you've got family around you and you've got some friends, mm. still not knowing who to reach out to. And you can feel like you're really on your own and nobody gets why you're in so much pain yeah and that that was kind of the lowest of the lows and then since then it's just been the whole coaching personal development getting on that track and really working on that constantly as you know it's a constant game isn't it absolutely um wow there's a lot to unpack there i actually want to fast forward a bit and then go back and go really deep on that by the way your story is is very similar to mine. I've been very vocal about feeling very inferior at school and, you know, having bad relationships and also suicide ideation, all that kind of stuff. So it really, really resonates with me. So thank you very much for sharing that. But how does, what happened kind of when you kind of, how did you get into what you're getting, what you're doing now? I assume it's because of your experiences that you're doing what you're doing, right? Yeah, because... What what relationship coaching is for me, it's not just about the relationship with your partner. So obviously, if there's disconnection with your partner, there's yeah. a reason for it. Yes. There's somebody in that that is disconnected as well. So it's always working on yourself. 100%. So I, fa- I found that when me and my husband were going through a lot, a lot of shit, it was really disconnected. There was a lot of stress in his business. As you know, what it's like with... We, ne- we nearly potentially had all of our money taken off us through this court battle. It got really, really dark. And then we had the miscarriages as well. And yeah. we kept going for, like, marriage counselling and hypnotherapy. And all- honestly, must have spent, like, £10,000 on marriage counselling and all that. Yeah. To just literally blame each other for, like, mm. actually, it was more blaming my husband more than anything and I got off on it for a long time I was like yeah it's all you it's all you but yeah. then I noticed the same patterns in other areas yeah and I was thinking right there's something different there's something else going on there's something deeper here yeah and it's the root cause and that's why I do what I do because I know so many people that have tried like antidepressants and all of these different things yeah. marriage counseling hypnotherapy all of these therapies and are not getting to that root cause. Yes. Focusing on everything and everybody else that might be the problem. And yes, they might be contributing to it, but it's mm. all looking inside and being like, what's going on inside of here? Yes. Contributing to it. That's the key for me. 100%. The whole looking inward thing is is so powerful. I've actually got that statement, look inward on my whiteboard in my bedroom, because I, I feel, and I've said it on other podcasts, even if you feel hard done by or your partner or whoever it is has done the most heinous things or whatever has abused you been a narcissist all these words more often than not more often than not an element 
of why you are where you are is because of you. And it's very hard to actually comprehend that sometimes. We, no, but this person has done this to me, this, but there's always, there's always a reason why. Exactly. So if you think back to when I was 13, I blamed that guy for years. I was like, he was rough, he was forceful, all that kind of stuff. Right. Why, why did I stay? Why, why couldn't I leave? So it's like when the women say to me, yeah, but it's not my fault. All, all the men out there are shit. They're not, there's no good men <laughs> out there. My, I always say, mm. why are you giving your number out to certain yeah. people? Why do you keep sticking around? Why are you still there? That's the key. Yeah, this, 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 this has been coming up a lot for me in my, in my kind of sphere. You know, I do a lot on LinkedIn. I, I do a lot of leadership stuff. I do a lot of mental health stuff. I do a lot of relationship stuff as well. And I think that... Many of us, myself included, are tarnished by our bad experiences by the opposite sex. And then sometimes I feel that we do brandish all future relationships or future w women or men, it depends who it is, with that same brush. And, it's, and unless you break that cycle, not it's not about all men or women the same. But I think we either go to type or we're just we're, we're so defensive about not letting our guard down. It, 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 sometimes, you know, you, I guess you have to go through, you have to kiss a few frogs to get your prints, I guess. But what's your, what's your view on that? Because I, 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 I think that a lot of women, I don't want to be too controversial, oh. are, are rightly very, very defensive if a man tries to chat them up or ask them out or, or even just be their friend because they've got, most men, you know, a lot of men, you know, have got ill intentions, right? But, there are some good men out there and there's some brilliant women out there. And it's, I just think we need to come together a bit more. And I think there's a lot of divide going on and, you know, what's your view on all that kind of stuff? So there's a popular saying that, that says, if you don't address your childhood trauma, your intimate relationships will. And what I feel is that we're, we're all, everybody, we're all bringing this baggage with us. Mm. it's not just chat it's childhood trauma it's everything as young adults it's everything up to this point whatever your age you're at yeah. and whether it's from parents whether it's from society school teachers bullying you name it we bring it all with us and then we show up in these relationships as mm. kind of shadows of ourselves yeah and then we kind of meet people that aren't really right for us yeah. and we think that everybody's bad out there and that, but because a lot of it is sometimes because we're not attracting the right people because yes. we're not in a great place. Yes. But when I was feeling absolute pants, look, if you look back at the people I was attracting, it's no surprise because mm. I, was, I was an energetic match for them. Yeah. So it's the, you, you said it before, the hardest thing to do is to take 100% responsibility for what's yeah. going on in your life. All right. It's, some of it isn't your fault. Somebody might have yeah. treated you, hurt you. Yeah. But how you respond to it and what you do now, that's your yeah. part. That's I, the bit I totally agree. So in, in the work that you do then, you're a relationship coach and you go deep and group causes and you help and support unhappy women. What's your analysis? Is it, it's not a question of, oh, it's more the man or more the woman, but is it more often than not the woman thinking it is the man? Actually, it's more... 50 50 or whatever you know that kind of is that the sort of thing you get them to realize actually even if the man is that bad you've still got to look at yourself kind of approach. every time right so the i do two programs the first one is the six week where you get clarity so a lot of the women turn up and say i, I don't know whether this this person's right for me anymore yeah it's kind of 50 50 
Mm. When you get to the end of the six weeks, it's like clearly you are in an unhealthy relationship. You get to the end of the six weeks, it's like, oh, shit, actually. It's stuff that's gone on that I'm bringing yeah. that's contributing yeah. to what's going on. And that's that's six weeks, and then you do the work on healing all of that. I love that because because what your client doesn't want, well, they probably think they do want, is an ear to, and for you to be listening and go, yeah, you're right, he's this and this and this, and that might well be the case, but that doesn't resolve it, does it? Yeah, you won't, <laughs> you won't get that with me. That's what I paid for for years, and it was yeah. like, he's doing this, he's doing that. And I turned around to the council at one point and I said, what about me? And yeah. she said, I'll get to you in a minute. I went, no. I said, what am I doing? Like, yeah. please tell me, what am I doing? Because if I'm doing it with this guy, I'm going to do it with the next. Yeah. Why, why am I, what am I bringing? How can I yeah. get better? And it's it's that responsibility. It's, like I said, everybody's got issues. You know, everybody's mm. got stuff. Yeah. But when you bring two people together and you live together and you're intimate together and you tr- you're meant to get on like a household yeah. fire with all of the other stuff, like yeah. I agree. I, I think I think there's some good work there, but ultimately, the best way to resolve your relationships with your other people is to have the best relationship with yourself. Right? And I know we're touching on that. And I think until you have a proper relationship with yourself, that white to the eyes conversation, you go, I love you, Chris, or I love you, Laura Jane, but also, Chris, I think you've been a bit of a dick there, and you're honest with yourself as well. That's when things change, right? So. I always work on the three most important relationships and we think it starts, like I said, with the other person. Mm. For me, it starts with your relationship to the world. So who are you in relationship to the world? Do you believe in a higher power, God, God, whatever? If if you feel disconnected, then there's a disconnect going on. It's a bigger disconnect. Then it's the relationship with yourself. So how do you view yourself? How do you feel about yourself? Mm. What are you putting out there? then it's your relationship with other people, not just intimate, it's with right. family, it's with friends, colleagues. It's the same, so your same patterns run yes. in relationships. They're just, they're just highlighted and triggered yeah. so much more when you've been physical and intimate with somebody. I love that. I love those three things, the relationship with the world or the universe, yourself, and then the other person. I think you've done it in that order for a reason, because I believe that unless you've got a purpose and you understand it's not all about you and your ego, you can't find yourself anyway. What would you say to that? 100%. That's exactly why it it's that way done, because it's the amount of times that the women that come that are unhappy, they're not unhappy with the partners. They're just so they're so lost. It's that word we used the other day. It's so yeah. lost of yeah, yeah. Who the bigger picture? Who am I? Why mm-hmm. am I here? Like, why is who am I in relation to all of this? What's actually really going on? Like, totally. what's possible? What is possible for me? Yeah, that's the biggest shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then you kind of ground yourself in all of that, and you're like, right, I know who I am. I know why yeah. I'm here. I'm cool. I'm getting a bit stronger. Yeah. Oh, I'm like, I can give that love out. And this this is why this whole kind of, well, it's male and female, but let's do male, male bravado, or if it's, you know, this whole bravado of being, being like really happy or really, really aggressive or really kind of like, you know, I, th- I think that this whole kind of 
purpose. This is the purpose of the leadership podcast, the purpose, spirituality. Up, up until recently, it was classed as just madness and woo-woo. But I do think there is a, a bit of a sea change going on. I do think that people are actually getting this and understanding it now. And I personally, I'm not religious, but I, I, I do kind of connect with my higher power. I do my gratitude. And every single time I do that, some positive stuff happens to me so you know i think that um it's a journey though as well also and it's, and it's almost i'm doing really well at the moment but i get constant kind of kind of my, I get, someone sort of, the universe kind of pulls me back down because like it's almost like you can't get too confident about anything right because you always want to be learning i think that's important there's a line in alcoholics anonymous where they say that so I'm not religious at all. And the word God turned me off for years because I was like, mm. oh, my God, it's this guy in the sky and, oh, yeah. and all that. I'm not worthy. I'm not worthy. What's all that about? But there's a line that they say that identify with a concept of a power greater than yourself. Yeah. The universe, whatever it is, it's like there's something else going on. And when you, like you say, when you tune into that gratitude, shit happens and you're like, whoa. Synchronicities happen. You're just yeah. like, that's yeah. that's that's something else that yeah. and the whole woo-woo thing like witches used to be seen as really weird <laughs> they're, they're like the cool people in the game yeah. but it's like for me it's always the woo but with the do it's like mm. we've got to have a bit of woo and a bit of connection but we've got to take some action as well we can't just meditate all day and like yeah it all to like hi come on let's just let's just look at a vision board and say the right things you know yeah you've got to actually take the action as as scary as that can sound and that's why it comes down to the relationship with you because sometimes you'll know from growing your own business sometimes you don't want to take that call or put yourself out there or do something that's a bit scary but you've got to find something within you to be like I'm, I'm ready let's do it yeah that's why it goes so much deeper for me mm. and i think that um being in tune with your emotions as well thinking is one thing but it's about getting out of your head i think and you know there, there are times recently when i'm having fairly anxious or i've had some shame or i've felt nervous or you know even angry and I, and before I would try to dismiss those feelings or people dismiss those feelings by let's go and have a drink or let's go out for a run or so no, actually let's sit with these bloody emotions. And actually they were good. Sometimes they're often a good reminder. Actually, there's something good coming or you need to listen to these feelings. It's about feelings, right? Exactly. Right. Literally. I've just had that conversation. I've just written a post called positive la la land. <laughs> Why can't like, I was, I was shut down about an hour ago for actually, um, I kind of ranted about something. Yeah. Like, oh, you shouldn't be angry. Why not? Like anger's a fine, it's an absolutely fine emotion. Appropriate oh, anger, right? Yeah, obviously. Yeah, I'm not going down the road hitting people. <laughs> but it's like all of these emotions and feelings are fine. It's yeah. Every emotion is telling you something. So if you've got the anger, if you've got the frustration, if you're feeling jealous or resentful, like resentful is the biggest killer in relationships, mm, mm. what's it telling you? Like, mm. into it, what's it telling you? What is you touched on that there? What what are the in your experience um, the main reasons why relationships aren't working out? The biggest one when you've got kids and life and businesses and mortgages to pay is that resentment because of the whole juggling who's doing what, who's doing the most. Uh, right, the old classic, I do way more than you kind of. Yeah, and everybody everybody thinks they're doing <laughs> so. Big. Yeah. So that's yeah. the biggest one. The Again, it, it comes down to, 
like there's there's a line I always come back to this I forgot where it's from only what you are not giving can be lacking in any situation so that's pretty that's that 100% responsibility thing of shit like it's dead easy in that moment to be like you've not done this you've not done that not mm. able to see the good and not appreciating in a relationship. Yeah. I was That's having this, I was having I was having this conversation about 15 minutes ago. Why do you think it is that most human beings, if they do something really amazing, like for instance, you might put a post on social media, I get this quite a lot, and 95% of it, the feedback is phenomenal, but you'll get three or four comments that are negative and it sometimes i'll be honest it really affects me right and it's like why do what well, I, I think there's a tendency for human beings to focus on the negative uh whether you're receiving um criticism or sometimes people they see they see something good and the jealousy will come out and they'll focus on the negative why do you think that is any idea well i mean it could be to do with the whole ego and the protection and keeping you safe but i think a lot of it is <clears throat> choose to focus and that that's a moment by moment decision sometimes because if you're tired you might if, if you're more tired than usual you might focus on that more but yeah. what i feel yeah. that gives in any, every opportunity is that why am i focusing on those three people that have slated my post when the rest of the mm. people love it but either way why you know why does it matter either way whether it was the other way around and everybody hates yeah. but coming back to that why am i triggered by it and i can choose again so in any moment, I can be like, right, I'm really stewing on that and I'm really, really pissed mm. off at that because mm. I'm not doing this. But I know if I stay there, what that's going to create in the future. Yeah, That's not going to help anybody. So no. I can choose again. But I think a lot of it is that it's a habit. We get into the habits and that's where our brain goes to and it's kind of rewiring it to. Mm. Yeah. That's hard, focusing on somebody's good qualities and appreciating them. How many times does somebody do something for you and you don't even say thank you? Yes. I really love it when you do that. Yeah. I We don't do yeah. that. We forget. No, no absolutely. I mean, so that kind of thing can really lift someone up and change the whole dynamic of relationships and everything. It's some little, little things are actually huge things, and it's just taking that step. Um. So Having that time, that breather, it's like we're so busy, we're so – everything's 100 miles an hour now it's yeah. like let's just breathe let's just take a minute and just be like wow thank you for that and then you'll yeah. get so much more back it's like no, absolutely and that's that's another one isn't it about responding rather than reacting sometimes and i've been guilty of this myself sometimes i react too quickly and this is like, actually even if even in an argument or conversation if you if you pause that one second it can completely change what you're about to say or how you're going to say it it's it's it's, it's a bit of an art um, and communication is massive in, as you just touched on in relationships, but I won't delve back into that work that you're doing. It's very fascinating. But now, as I said, I want to go back. You said that you were the queen of inadequacy and self-doubt. And obviously the, 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 the relationship you had, the sexual relationship you had when you were 13 is something I'd like to talk about as well, but there must've been something going on prior to that for you to be in that situation. What was all that about? Just, it was, it was growing up and never, so I went to this dance school and I was never, never given a main part, never put on the front row. And so I kind of grew up thinking like, what, what's wrong with me? You know, why, why am I different? Why? I was bigger at the time, just happened to have quite a lot of puppy fat on. So I didn't get picked for this particular performance. Mm. So then 
every, I just kept getting like knocks after knocks after knocks. I kept getting bullied at school. Right. So it came to this like person that showed a bit of interest and he was yeah, right. at school right. and I was like, my ticket to freedom. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to love me. And it didn't work like that at all. And it, yeah. it just made it all worse and worse, but it just set the foundations of, what I thought I deserved, my self-worth, what mm. I thought men were about, what you would get from them, yeah. how, how the dynamics of relationships work, that you were kind of yeah. a format kind of thing. Yeah. You know, it just it just set the wrong foundation. So it's really interesting. We'll, we'll delve into the sort of 13-year-old sexual relationship thing, but actually you would think it was that that was the catalyst, but actually it wasn't. It was the, it was the bullying and, and, and that kind of stuff. And it's, it's, I find this very interesting. This is often the case in the work that I do where people think, yeah, but my previous partner was like this or my mum was like this or whatever. Actually, it's often something a little bit innocuous or not as, you know, you, your dad could tell you, you're not having sweets today. You could break down in, in, in a sweet shop. It could be that kind of sort of no or rejection. Often it's got that delving quite deep, isn't it? Yeah, it, it, can, it can be from so many different places. Like, how the dynamics of your parents when they were younger and what that was like you know mm-hmm. they tell me how you were loved and I'll tell you how you love now it's the patterns it's what we see about money about, yeah. love, about relationships mm. it's it can go way back now some people believe that the work we're doing in this life now this is if you believe in past lives yeah if you are here in this moment you're working on seven generations back of stuff so it's some of it might not even be your stuff, right? Kind of stuff that you've inherited. You've yeah, that makes sense. Mm. Then you then you kind of arrive and you're bombarded in the world of like fear and yeah. bullying and whatever experiences you go through. And then it's like layer upon layer every single year. Mm. Absolutely. Um, so if you don't mind, I mean, you you, you know, there's a very sensitive subject. I'm sure you say that you know you had sex when you're 13. Uh, and, and it was forced was it I mean talk to us about the, how that affected you and what was going on there for you at, the moment, at that moment it was one of those like really lonely times when you just I just remember looking back at it thinking how the hell did I end up here like we but felt trapped and th- this is the weird thing so every woman or most women that reach out to me are like about an hour after we've been speaking it's like oh, I don't know whether this is important to tell you. This happened, and it's always something like that. Mm. Some type of relationship where it it didn't feel good, but they didn't realise what happened, and you don't really yeah. want to label it as something yeah. like RAPE word because yeah. that was quite harsh. Mm. But it's like I felt so lost and so lonely that it was like there was nobody to speak to. There was nobody mm. there. There was nobody to speak to. This is mm. just how it was. But having that sense that, this isn't how it's meant to be at the same time. Yeah. I mean, at that young age, you probably, you know, it's very difficult to kind of comprehend. You probably went, went along with it, not in that context, but you know, didn't think it was as bad as what it was kind of situation. Right. Exactly. It's more like, it's more like as you grow up, you're like, that wasn't right. Something wasn't right there. Mm-hmm. And a lot of women do that. They kind of get to be 10 years, 15, 20 years down the line. And they're like, yeah, mm-hmm. that wasn't right. Was it the, the way right. you're touching me or, the way the way they were speaking to at five years old, say you just don't realise it. You think it's normal, and you think yeah. it's what you deserve because your self esteem is like on the floor. 
And how, how, how did that play out in your future relationships then? How did that damage, because you obviously carried that because you subconsciously or consciously now knew that that wasn't right? It affects everything. It affects how you show up, how you give love, how you receive love. Can you receive it? You don't feel worthy of it. <laughs> when my husband first used to say to me, oh, I love you, I'd be like, who? I'd be like looking behind me going, who, me? Right, yeah. You know? <laughs> and he'd be like, what the? what the hell you know what I mean like yeah you can't give it because you're scared of giving it in case somebody like stamples on your heart again mm. you struggle to receive it it affects who you look for who you decide to spend time with and it affects your decisions in other areas of life because you kind of I was on like a self-destruct kind of highway yeah and it took that dark time when I was looking around Manchester for that bridge to be like, hang on a minute, hang on. Yes. There's more going on here. There's more to do yet. Yeah, I want to talk about that. My last guest, actually, at least Michael's talked about suicide and we, we, we talked about having both gone through it ourselves, you know, the connotation that it's a very selfish thing to do, but I think you and I both know when you're in that situation, nothing can change your mind and it's you, you actually feel selfless. You feel that the world would be a better place without you, right? Exactly. That that it was like, do you know what? People will be freer and happier. It will be easier for everybody else if I'm not here. Mm. That that was what it was like. And I used to think that Pete, exactly that. I used to think, God, they're so selfish for doing that and leaving everybody behind. But it's it's like an out of body experience. It's you, you're not in your body. It's like yeah, I, I, it's diff, it's just not even you. And it's like I just need to do it. The world would be better. Things would be easier. Maybe I'll come back and reset again next time. And it'll be all be different. Yeah. But it's kind of one of those experiences where they say, don't they, the darker the night is, the brighter the stars shine. Yeah. It, it, it sounds a cliche, but, and it doesn't happen overnight. This is what I, I like to tell people that, mm. yes, I believe in, you know, overnight, overnight awakenings. Is there even such a thing? Yes, miracles can happen, but... Yeah. Sometimes it's a step by step. It's one foot in front of the other every single day. And even mm. on those days, you'll know for all the mindset work you've done. Mm. Some days you'll you'll do loads of loads of work and you'll feel great. The next day you can feel like a two hour. Yes. Absolutely. And it's it you, you kind of think, hang on a minute, but I'm doing all of this work. I've got all of these books. I've done all of these courses. Why why am I feeling so low? But it's kind of honouring everything it's it's a flux it's a journey isn't it it's absolutely navigating navigating your way through it without getting lost in it 100 percent. and people say oh i found myself i, I don't think you ne necessarily always find yourself because you always you should always be evolving your purpose you always want to be a better version of yourself so a couple of more questions and i want to move on to something else in terms of purpose what would you say yours is Oh, I feel like it's not, I feel like it's here. It's like in my heart. It's like helping women not be so lost and stuck for so long. Like, yeah, yeah. I felt like all the books I was reading at the time, there was a lot of them from, no offence, Chris, from men that were telling me, like, how to do this and how to do that. And I'm thinking, yeah. some of it didn't feel right. Some of it didn't gel. So it's helping women have that guide, but not relying on a, on me or any other guru it's like you find it within yourself yeah help you find it but it's all within you guiding women helping them to find amazing. that purpose that's to amazing be, to feel great yeah it's, it's like a calling that's coming from here and i can't not do it 
I think it is. I, I get this all the time, actually. So what I'm getting from you is that, yes, one million percent, you're doing it to help other women, but also it's bloody well helping you. And secondly, if you didn't go through what you went through, you wouldn't be doing what you're doing now. So what you went through was a gift. Yeah. As hard as, hard as it can be when you said that, the first thought I got was, how can that be a gift? Still, after yeah. all of the work. Yes. But you're like, it is. Of course it is. Everything. Because the way the way the women turn up to my calls now, they're me just a few years ago. So yeah. you, you're always holding. Somebody's always one step ahead, aren't they? You're always mm. helping somebody. Yeah. So, yeah, it's a huge purpose that keeps me awake. Yeah. In a good way. In a good in, way. In, in, inspirational. Um, yeah. On the point of men and women, um, two questions. What do you think men can do more of? To help women, and then also, what do you think women could do more to can help to help men? Men can men can listen a lot of the time. A lot of the time, men want to provide a solution, so they want to help the partner. They really want to help them, and they want to give a solution. Yeah. Sometimes, a woman just wants somebody to listen. Yeah. We just want somebody to listen. And sometimes that means a bit of a rant, a bit of a vent. Yes. Men, as much, it's it's quite controversial these days, talking about the differences between men and women and energy and all that kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah, of course. But basically, the fundamentals are that we talk more, we want to talk. You know what it's like with male suicide, men not talking. Women, we sit down, we chat, we have a coffee, we have a chat about things, we get it off our chest. We just want a guy to listen without mm. a solution mm. and that's where you can get the communication breakdown when the guy wants to help and give a solution but the woman's like whoa i just want to chat and women can really appreciate the husband's a little nudge of appreciation to a guy is like jeez. Yeah. and the two things i always say is for women ask what do you feel about this and for men ask what do you think about this because men really love the thoughts to be respected mm. And women love the feelings to be cherished. It's just knowing like simple differences. Yeah. But you can't do that when you're lost in your own head. No. And you're blaming somebody else. It's coming back to yourself. It's having that moment, having that breather and being like, do you know what? Reacting differently, that emotional intelligence. Love that. You touched on the energy thing there. And I think we both know that um, male and female have both have male and female or masculine and feminine energy, right? Yeah. And I've suffered physical abuse and emotional abuse. And I say to this day that I, I feel that emotional abuse can, in many respects, be worse than physical abuse, right? So I, th I, th I, think, I think sometimes that manipulation, coercive control piece, which is very hard sometimes to prove or describe, uh, can get swept under the carpet a little bit. And I do feel there's a hell of a lot of abuse that goes on from males to females, but I also think there's a lot of un acknowledged abuse in reverse as well what's your view on that absolutely it works it works both ways i think men have got a lot of rap in the past and it's been it's been kind of pushed on the men but women are doing it as well and mm. um, the way the way i see couples talk to each other it works it works both ways you know yeah, yeah. it's those and like you say a, a physical scar you can see mm. the emotional way that some people talk to each other it's in the words that 
that they use or not yeah. use. And that, that can really hurt people over time. They don't even know those words. Uh, like the amount of women that say, what, is he not meant to speak to me like that? And the man likewise will say, what, is she not meant to do that? Do you know what I mean? And it's yes, like, we're yes. both ways. We're, I don't feel like one is worse than the other. No, absolutely. We're just, we're just all humans having mm. an experience, trying to do our best. Yeah. And I feel at times like there this should be less blame on each. Yeah. Side. More, more, both, more both sides working on themselves. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I, I agree. Um, what was your turning point, if you like? Um, you, you've talked about, you know, 13, uh, you talked about um, the miscarriages, you've talked about, I want to talk about the court battle as well, but I mean, you've had a lot of adversity, haven't you? So was there a turning point or a, the, the, also a darkest moment as well? Darkest moment was the night driving around, wondering whether to, not to be here anymore. Yes. But it got to a point where it was like, this cannot carry on. Like, this pain cannot carry on. Mm. It's got to be a different way. I refuse to do this anymore. I'm, and if I can't find somebody that resonates with me, I'm going to create what I would have needed and do it myself. Right. It was that turning point of, I cannot stay this unhappy any longer. Mm. I've got to do something about it. Sure, sure. Um, and that's when I think you start to tune into yourself and love yourself. And I think that when you talk about inadequacy and self-help, I think that the whole self-esteem and self-love thing, people sort of mock that. But I think, as an example, last month I was walking to a client in Bristol and it was sunny and I just had this overwhelming sense of joy. And I actually said to myself, Chris, I love you. And I was almost like hugging myself whilst I was walking. I just felt this enormous sense of, I was protecting myself and talking to myself as I was the adult, I was the child. And I thought, for one of the first times in my life, I felt pure joy and pure contentment in myself. Wow. So, um, and I think that is, A, it's quite powerful for me, but B, it's like, when you know that, you know that. And, and it's, I don't know, it's one of those things where, it's taken me 44, 45 years to, to get there. But I think there's that element. But also, I've always said up until this point, right, I don't need anyone. You don't need anyone to make you happy. You can be happy yourself. I think that's true. But now I've changed my mind a bit. I think to get the utopia, you've got to share it with someone, right? Amazing. Absolutely. Definitely. And that's why I always do it in that order. Yeah. It's, like, it's not a case of, so this is the thing, it's not a case of, I, I did this for years. I was in the mirror going, I love myself, tapping all over. Yeah, I didn't think I could love myself anymore. <laughs> yeah. But it kind of worked, but it kind of didn't. It was it was a case of, right, I need to feel better. Like, what's going to, how am I going to get myself feeling mm. better? And then you start to feel better. But sharing it, that's when you start to really experience love because you're like, this is what it feels like. Like, it's meant to be that utopia, that euphoria. You can get a little bit of that on your own, but when you share it, whether it's intimate partner or other people like here, yeah, this is amazing because it's like, wow, the connection. It's like, yeah, you can have this in, we can literally have euphoria in all relationships. It's just we don't because we kind of go in with these blinkers on. Yeah. We're, we're trained to focus on people's flaws and what they've not done and what's not good enough about them. 
because we're looking inside at the flaws and what's not good enough about us, which yeah. is what starts within. So it's, yeah. It's always a balance of yes. not standing in the mirror all day long, just trying to focus on the <laughs> It's like, how yeah. can I give this so I can experience it at the same time? Yeah, and that's it. And I think, I think actually, I, I, I feel on one hand delighted, I'm content in my own skin. I, I do feel there's a piece in the jigsaw missing. I feel quite bereft and I'm so ready now. Whereas before, I don't think I was ready for a relationship. And I think that people say, you know, just, you know, you don't have to be ready for everything. But sometimes I think you do have to, you know, be on your own a little bit and, you know, experience your own thoughts and feelings and all that kind of stuff. And I was going to ask you about patterns, about breaking patterns, but I think I already know the answer to this question. I think the only way to break patterns is to, is to delve into yourself, right? Delve in without analysis paralysis. That's what mm. I always say. Okay. So you can delve in and it can get quite deep and quite dark, which is fine. That's where I take clients to. Well, one client yesterday said, we come to you broken, you break us a bit more and then we feel better. Right. <laughs> wow. please, please don't do that as a testimonial. But in a way, it's like, right, you look at your stuff, you look at your stuff and you're like, right, yeah. some of that isn't pretty. Some of that isn't what I, I thought it would be without staying there and analysing it forever. And That's so it. true beating yourself up because you've made a mistake or you've not done what you thought you would do by yeah. now. And then doing exactly the practical of, right, who, knowing all of this, who am mm. I going to What am I going to do next? So actually doing the practical yeah. to move you out of it. That's really interesting because I, I've utilised the power of my own story. I've been very vulnerable and I've done loads of therapy and counselling. I think it's really important to get to root causes, which is the work that you do. And, and I think you are what you are. You are your, but you, I think once you've gone unwired yourself, you've got to almost move on to a different chapter and build a new life. Because your story is you, but you, you can have more than one story, right? And I think if you carry around the fact, even if you've done the, the work, at some point you've got to let that go, right? Exactly. I remember saying, I paid this again. So I was searching around for like, you know, anybody that would fix me. Somebody needs yeah. to fix me out there. I'm broken. Fix me. And this, one of the, one of the most, spiritual teachers I respect so much said to me and this it stuck in like a knife yeah she said some people are sufferers and I was like that's not me yeah thought about it it was like a lot of the time that victim kind of Mm. this happened I can't now do what I thought I'd come here to do even though I have no idea what I'd come here to do yeah like I could stay in that place and dwell there and beat myself up a little bit more. Yeah. Or I could think, do you know what? That doesn't have to hold me back anymore. That was that. Mm. I've learned from it. Take mm. Learn from it. Right now, what? Yeah. How can this help uplift, serve other people? Yeah. You mentioned a court battle. Can we talk about that? Yeah, that was my husband's business. So can you imagine... Your husband's working in the business, building the business. Mm. A massive court battle. It's triggering me so much because I didn't really get told exactly what was going on, but I knew it was getting really dark. We nearly had everything taken off us. Everything. It was. It got down to the day before the court battle, where it was like, if this, if this goes on, you'd have to sell your house. You'd have to sell yeah. everything you work for. We got to this place one night. We were sat in this loft room. I can remember it now. This might have been the darkest moment. The darkest, but the lightest at the same time. Okay. And we just sat and looked at each other. And we were holding on. We were gripping on. Nobody's going to take our house off us and the cars and our lifestyle. We were like, oh, shit, we're going to lose it all. And we looked at each other and we were like, fuck it. 
We'll do it. Mm. Yeah. All girls. Well, we've done it once. We'll do it again. That moment was like everything wow. changed. The whole court battle changed. It got dropped. It all got seriously. That was taking us to court. It was. It was all crazy, crazy stuff. It. It wasn't even true. Yeah. Got dropped. It all moved away. Off. It all got sorted out within a few weeks after that. That's so interesting, and that's got to be some sort of universe thing, right? So, you're, what you're saying there is, when you when you let go and of 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 the importance of the materialistic things, it didn't matter anyway. But you, had, um, that is really powerful to me. It was that like that we were so attached to the outcome. The outcome had to be done on this day at this time and then we were blaming god the universe like why why have you put yeah, in this yeah, we're good people we've yeah. never done anything wrong so we were in that kind of negative vibe the moment we kind of stepped back and we're like it was almost like whatever this is the thing right when we set goals and aspirations like you know I, i've built a 25 30 million pound business and every time i got to a certain levels 5 10 15 million 20 million i was like uh, throughout my life it was a bit like when I get the girlfriend when I get the car when I get the house when I get the I'm going to feel this that's nonsense you know it, it, it never works like that does it yeah and it, it does like everyone a lot of the women that work with me are like right I want to build my own business I want to get five grand a month ten grand a month yeah it never feels like they think it's going to feel no. to say that these things are bad like the cars the houses yeah. the bags all of these things are gorgeous they're meant to make they're meant to not make us feel good but uh, bring joy to our lives if you love fast cars great get fast cars i love yeah. handbags <laughs> but it's that attachment to them do, yeah. they, do they make you happy do you have to have it or is it an addition mm. that's the thing and we were just like fuck it and the moment we did that everything changed now i'm not saying we're in light and masters and we've took we've kind of done that hands off the steering wheel with everything yeah sometimes i feel like it's week by week day by day it's like take your hands off again take your hands off yeah. that steering wheel you're gripping it so tightly you want your launch to be by this day on this time actually yeah. well, a week later yeah so true so true um this has been fascinating we're coming towards the end is the time has gone so quickly uh, I, I know yeah it's a saturday as well it's like I, I, love, I love talking to you um so talk to us about last few questions talk to us about the poorest or some poor decisions you've made and how that affected you? Oh, poorest decisions. Poorest decisions of when I've known, you know, when you just know what to do and you don't do it. Like, mm, right. Fear and somebody says it's limited time. Oh, God. Not many spaces left. Or oh, hurry, hurry. You know, when you get those emails saying, hurry, yeah. delete, delete, delete. Yeah. Like, those decisions where you know you knew could have done something we should have done something or not like I yeah. knew all this time it's like I knew I shouldn't have invested in that right I just knew I knew I should all right different I knew I should have said that in that moment when that person looked good yeah. I should have said given that compliment you know what you look amazing yeah that it's those it's those decisions where I knew but I didn't have the confidence to listen because I was so tuned into the noise and the fear and the grasping. I yeah, I, that does resonate with me. I, the way I kind of rationalise that in my head, I prefer to regret something I've done than I haven't done. So at least I've done something. As opposed, I think the the fear of kind of oh god, I if only I just asked that question or did that business is like I don't want to live in regret. So I think that's the way I kind of justify it. You know? I love that. Yeah, and but that that's a good way of doing it as well because they say don't do the deathbed analysis. Like when you're on your deathbed and you're looking mm. back, 
what decisions are you going to regret that you didn't yeah. so do them and then you mm -hmm. learn from that anyway but yeah it's it's always not tuning in not having that moment before i made yes. well it would have taken a day 24 hours of just is that yeah. right so as we close then what um would you like to leave the audience with in terms of advice maybe maybe focusing relationships actually or, or whatever you feel just you know what 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 women or men what what sort of what do you want to leave the audience with in terms of specifically around relationships so my aim is to help people love each other and that starts by loving yourself so if you're struggling if you're struggling in a relationship then it doesn't need to be that way Mm. So a lot of the time people are really scared of doing this work because they're like, shit, where's it going to lead? And naturally, like we've been talking about, going to the negatives, when actually things can be so much better when you've gone through, when relationships have gone through so much stuff, yeah, actually better than they were at the beginning. So it's just having an open mind. And in any situation, I would say just pausing and just trying to see that person differently. Yes. What in that moment? What is it that I'm bringing? Yeah. Or what is it that yeah. I'm not bringing? Why can't I get there? What's stopping me? Yeah. Just a little bit of like a moment, bit of self analysis. Mm. What What do we both need now? Yeah, I think it's about understanding. I'm sure you've heard of like love languages as well. You know, some people love compliments. Some people like touch or gifts and things like that and I, I saw something with Jay Shetty and his wife about um sometimes she'll ask him to do something and she's nearer to the, the thing than he is but and it's more of a task for him to do it but he does it without even moaning because he knows that that's the type of love that, sh that she wants and there's a little thing like that and it's because sometimes the little tiny things like that can mean an absolute enormous amount to the other person it's those it's been in tune with that kind of stuff as well right yeah and that's where a lot of the resentment comes from because when you can't when somebody can't do that thing because they're like, well, why can't you just get it? It's closer. Yeah. It's like, just do it, not out of a submissive way, out of, do you know yeah. what? If I give, I'm going to get so much back. And it's not giving in. Then people say to me, yeah, but if I'm giving, I'm going to get walked over. No, no. Not, not in the right relationship. You won't. Absolutely. You and you get, yes, in some relationships. But in a healthy one, you give and you'll get so much more back. It all starts with you. Laura Jane, it's been amazing. I'm sure there's loads of women and men that could really benefit from your the stuff that you do. So I'm I'm grateful to you for being so open. It's been a beautiful conversation. Thank you so much for having me. Where can people find you? Is it LinkedIn? So LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook at Laura Jane Hand. I've got the Turn Yourself on Daily podcast on Spotify, Apple, all the usual channels, and I've got a book, More Than a Mindset, that's on Amazon and Kindle amazing i've just invited myself onto your podcast if that's okay yeah definitely <laughs> <laughs> your book yeah. sounds amazing as well no thank you so much this is a brilliant episode and uh i'm looking forward to building a good friendship with you as well yeah likewise thank you for having me on thank you The Purpose-Led Leadership Podcast is sponsored by Vincherry, the recruitment operating system used by over 20,000 recruiters worldwide. I chose to partner with Vincherry because I'm a customer and I love their modern rec 
operating system, a single tech platform to streamline the front, middle and back office operations of executive search, perm, contract and temp businesses. If you're looking for a breed of new tech partner, talk to Vincheri. They have followed us on support with seven offices around the world. Check them out at vincheri.io forward slash Chris O'Connell for an exclusive offer for all listeners.